What's up, citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access, you're going to get exclusive on-demand content. This means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show, every single after show, and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week. But most importantly, your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality, Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel. So what are you waiting for? Change everything at ApologiaRadio.com. Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. (laughs) She hung up on me. Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got got a bit of a jiggle neck. (laughs) That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when they're not. is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions, and you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. Here we go. Back in the studio. Another week, some great stuff today. We're actually going to um, engage with um, a gentleman who's putting out videos against our boy, Dr. James White, (laughs) opposing the Trinity, the triune God of Scripture, the only God. So we're going to handle a two-minute video, and uh, we're also going to talk through a recent video posted on Apologia Studios on YouTube. You can find it as one of the last videos we uploaded. Planned Parenthood Supporter versus Christian. It is the content from last Saturday outside of Planned Parenthood in Tempe. We were able to actually get a Planned Parenthood supporter to talk with us out on the public sidewalk. It is really hard to do. Before we talk more about that, let me introduce who's here in the studio today. I'm Jeff the Ninja. Next to me is the bear, Luke the Bear. What up? What's up? We also have Joy the Girl. Hello. Wearing a kitty cat. I feel like she's trying to hide a cat from us today. Kitty cat. <laughs> Her shirt right now yeah, it's like is like tie-dyed. Hippie camouflage. With a kitty cat <laughs> on it. Catouflage. You guys need this to know. This is one of my favorite shirts. You need to know what we're looking at right now. We also have Steady Randy. Yes, sir. Baxter. <laughs> right on. Hasn't been here since April. Did you call him Baxter. 
He is also wearing a tie-dye cat shirt. Though. Yes, he's also what? wearing a tie-dye kitty cat <laughs> shirt. This is probably the cat from uh, hair from my cat at home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Steady Randy back to give us another segment of uh, NPR, not public radio. Apology Radio is not public radio. I've missed you, Randy. Yes, we've all Aww. missed you. Oh, Thank yeah. you. He's been busy, and now he's back in the driver's seat. Uh, we also have... Marcus King Ginger Pittman on the ones and twos. What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, so yeah, our buddy Rich Pierce over at Alpha and Omega says that you need yeah. to change your name because when he hears Ginger, he thinks of the Ginger from Gilligan's Island. No, that's yeah. what James White oh. said, right? Oh, that, no, well, that's because Rich, Rich said, that. said it, and so oh. James White repeated it. Well, I don't uh, think that's... Uh, I think that's kind of a generational thing. What, oh, yeah. Is that when, the nicest way to say it? Yeah, I <laughs> never, I never thought of Gilligan's Island when I heard Not the word ginger. Many people these days <laughs> yeah. do talk about Gilligan's Island. I think Island. it's been like years since yeah. I thought about it. <laughs> that was a good show, though. Yeah, it yeah. was. I used to watch it all the time. I've already, I've already updated my Twitter handle to I'm King Ginger, so I don't want to change it again. Can't stop it. Can't. I think it works. I like it. I think it works. Yeah. You know, uh, well, you know, so you mentioned like uh, watching Gilligan's Island. Things like that. Yeah, people like my kids have no idea what we went through. <laughs> like I remember oh, yeah. when TV started really happening. Like I, I'm not. I know that it was around, but like what's I, happening? I remember when like cable <laughs> started really happening, and like you started getting like too. more than ten channels. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it yeah. was like, oh, yeah. hey. Like, I remember when MTV came out, and my parents were like, you are not allowed to watch that channel. And then they were like, I'm going to be on it one day. Yeah. And then, yeah. I'm going to be on a reality show one day with MTV. Now we're going to be on it. Okay. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I remember, like, MTV coming on, and parents saying you can't watch that. And, like, you know, you barely had to flip through the channels to get to MTV. And, like, parents just don't understand with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was out and it was like this provocative parents just don't understand. I was like, yeah, parents just don't understand. Like yeah. that was, I didn't but, even have cable then. But you didn't? No, I still had it when you get the channels that wouldn't have anything after ten o'clock. You had little at night. rabbit ears. Yeah, remember yeah. like ten o'clock would hit and then it'd be like. Yeah, you get the white. My, my our kids don't never case. know yeah. what the the white noise is. Yeah. Because it just doesn't happen, right? Well, unless the internet goes out. Unless the internet goes out, <laughs> then we're in trouble. And now we're so crazy. Like, if we don't, if we try to send something and it says like failed within five seconds, we're like, what? How dare thee? Like <laughs> yeah. technology. Like we freak out. Like this thing won't technology. send. Technology. Is it good? Or is it whack? Or is it whack? Um, mostly good. <laughs> uh, Randy's all like. Pff. I remember when there wasn't even color TV. <laughs> this is all starting to sound a little bit like microaggression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, no, I like, okay, so like, think about it for a second. Like, I was raised, I was, you know, born in 78, so raised throughout the 80s as a kid. Yeah, that's and, uh, right? <laughs> and I remember, like, growing up on, like, probably the same things my parents did, though. Like, that's how, like, limited yeah. it was. Like, I remember... I watched the Three Stooges all the time. I watched I Love Lucy. I watched uh, oh, what? Well, come on now. Um, um, what's the one? The, the the genie. The genie. Uh, I, I dream, dream of genie. genie. I dream of genie. Yeah, I dream of genie. Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies. Like I grew up on that, and I remember how like when you had a new show that came on, you needed to be in front of your television when it aired, or you just miss it. 
You're not gonna see it. Like right. you can't go out by the DVD. Right. You can't you like wait until Netflix comes out thirty yeah. years like, from now. Yeah, like you could. It was just you missed you missed that episode until maybe they did the reruns maybe a year later. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Kung Fu Theater, right? Once right. a week. You That's gotta right. Be there Saturday morning. Kung Fu Theater. That's what I watched all the time as a little boy. That's what lo- made me fall in love with martial arts. But um, like I remember when Pee Wee Herman's. Um, oh yeah. Playhouse. Playhouse came out like uh, which is on Netflix. Now. I was in front of it all the time. Saturday morning, you never miss Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. And uh, what else was? What are some other big ones that came out? Like you were like you had to be home from school to be in front of the television. Um, Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Saved by the Bell was a big after school. Like I, I, people like you want to do this after school? I was like I can't. I got Saved by the Bell. Like it, it's you know <laughs> I got to run home and get to watch Saved by the yeah. Bell. Full House. Slater. Yeah, Full House is another one. What are some other ones? Like, what are some Power other ones? Rangers. No. Well, that, that's, you no. now you're revealing your age. He, like, I, yeah, I, I would chime Power in, and, but, like, I'm, I'm from a different, it was Rangers. different shows for me. No, but I was in, okay. I was in the Saved by the Bell, though. Okay, well, help me with that, then. Let's talk about that. So, for me, uh, I think pretty much for Luke, right? Like, how old are you again? 40? <laughs> how old are you? I'm not as old as you, You're man. old as my wife, though, right? Yeah, 35. 35, okay. So, 35. Um, so, we're pretty pretty much... It had to be the, pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, so, for... Okay, so those uh, those are mine. Oh, and, like, Miami Vice. Like, Miami Vice. Our parents are watching oh, Miami yeah. Vice. Um, uh, oh, goodness. Ready? Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Dallas. My parents used to be like, yeah. gotta watch our Dallas. Gotta get our Dallas on. Dallas. All right, so... Well, we... we I would come home to watch... Like the Disney cartoons after school, like DuckTales. DuckTales, ooh. And Darkwing Duck and yeah. all those other ones. That was like the big thing. Randy. Yes, sir. What are what are some of the shows uh, like? Oh, so I, I just have a memory. Local sh- local TV show, Wallace and Ladmo, right? Pioneering, cool. pioneering TV show here in the Valley. Okay. They did comedy. They did skits. They uh, did those bags too, right? Yes, the Ladmo bags. Yeah. But before the Ladmo bags, they just had a toy shelf. Okay. And they would have uh, postcards that would go in, and they'd have like a big uh, bin where they'd toss the postcards around, and every show they'd draw one of those postcards out, and the kid got to come on the show and pick out a toy from the toy shelf. So, that reminds me of Bozo the Clown. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's and, and you know, Captain Kangaroo, it's kind of back in that Captain time, Kangaroo, right? Mr. Right. So, Rogers. Uh, so, but I couldn't see the show most times because it happened when school was happening. Okay. You know, the morning show. So... One time, though, I had the mumps, and I'm sitting at home with the mumps, and they draw drew my card out of that bin. What? No. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So I got to be on the show. Did you really? That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, yes. Is there footage anywhere of it? Because that would be epic. They, I heard that they recycled those uh, tapes at the time, you okay. know, expensive, so they would erase, you know, over them, re-record over them. So no. I don't oh. think so. Oh, I still no remember, way. I still oh. remember the toy I got. It was called a trick shot. It was about a two and a half, three foot dart gun. And it had a little mirror on one end, and you could shoot darts backwards. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. But, you know, comes in That's handy. That's where he learned to be steady, so, Randy. I, I, right. always, I always thought that one steady day shot. I was going to be on Bozo's show, and I was going to nail those ping pong balls into those buckets, and it was I was going to get a trip to Disney World. I, I knew I could do it. Yep. Marcus, <laughs> you probably would have tripped and fell into the buckets. <laughs> I might have. I might have. Uh, so what else? What do you think what else for me? The A-team. <laughs> Epic. The A team, Knight Rider, Knight Rider, Knight Rider. Yeah, that was a big one. Knight Rider, uh, Tour of Duty, Tour, Tour of Duty, and you Night know, Wolf. Night, yeah, Night Wolf. That's right. That's right. Uh, how about this one? Uh, I don't know. This was big for me. I don't know about you guys, but in like high school, I remember. And this is a little older, so times change. But I just, I just couldn't get enough of it. Like I'd watch it before bed every night. Was Mash? Oh yeah. 
I, I grew up on MASH. I love MASH, and I got to do MASH in high school as a play, uh, and it was like the greatest experience of my life because I was such a big MASH, MASH fan. Uh, so that was, that was, that was you know, so shows like that for me. I wonder about our listeners. I wonder what they would throw out as, as uh, things they used to watch. Okay, now you two are a little younger, okay? So how old are you, Joy? You're 19? <laughs> Okay, so 16. And uh, Marcus, how old are you? 31. 31. Okay, so there's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, so what were your shows? What was it? As a kid? Yeah, like, like you know, you come home from school, you're watching a show. What was it for well, you guys? It was, it was definitely like TGIF. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was like Urkel. Yeah. All right. That was Family Matters and Full House. Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers! <laughs> oh my goodness, that yeah. was awesome. Don't I forgot about all ties. about that. Don't yeah. forget about Family yeah. Ties. What was his line? What was the, uh, his line in that? Perfect Strangers. Uh, he always had. He had like a bunch of little funny like Balky's line. Balky's line? lines. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh man, we got to pull some of those up. <laughs> all right. So what else? And then, uh, like, for my family, like the really big thing that we would do is we would watch American Idol, like when it first came on see that's yeah it's just so like, that's that so was, close to us right now I know, like I know, yeah i know it was only like it was only like a few it wasn't how long how long was like that 10 show years. 10 years so it wasn't like i wasn't like that you're such a yeah. baby all right but that was like the big thing that was that's what we did as a family was american idol especially during auditions because we used to love to laugh at people and how horrible they were yeah yeah, it's always fun to watch that. All right, Joy, what about you? Well, so I didn't have cable at my mom's house, which is where I lived most of the time. So, like, every show that you're mentioning are the shows that I watched. So that's good. Yeah, so, which is right. why I nailed that 80s yes. test yeah. that we did. <laughs> yeah. um, but True. then, so, like, my things were, like, Pokemon, yes. Recess. That's the devil. Recess was Recess an awesome show. That's a good That's cartoon. The, one of the best cartoons. It's an awesome yeah. show. But then when I was at my dad's house, I was all about Angry Beavers, Hey Arnold. <laughs> the classic, like, they're you making know, a new like Hey Arnold movie. Did you hear that? Classic. Did you hear they're doing a for new me, Hey Arnold classic movie? Classic for me. No. Yes, I did. They're, they're, they're like making Arnold a Schwarzenegger? No, it's going to be just like a Nickelodeon TV movie <laughs> about Hey Arnold. Um. No. I'm excited about how about, it. Okay, so how about Christmas? It's, it's coming up on Christmas now. And then my mom and I used to watch um, <laughs> used to watch Seventh Heaven every Monday night. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, well, how about, no, hold on, here's the way to heaven. Get that. Yeah. I see you got that right there. So that, that what's up? That's right. The famous '80s uh, touch, Highway touch to Heaven. By an angel. Uh, T- yep, yeah. Touch by an angel. Uh, uh, I'm not saying it was like quantum, quantum leap. leap. Okay, here's that the thing. Was a great yes. show. Quantum Leap is now on Netflix. Yes. Did you know it? And so here, I have to confess something. I used to just absolutely love that show. I tried to watch it a couple Good, weeks huh? ago. I put it on Netflix like 10 o'clock at night. I was like, I'm going to watch Quantum Leap. Yay. And I started to watch one episode. And I was like, this is absolutely stupid. I'm turning it off. <laughs> what about MacGyver? Uh, MacGyver was good. Rescue yeah. 911. Yes. Rescue I did 911. try to watch um, The Simpsons. The Simpsons were on, was on earlier. Yeah. And my mom would always catch me watching it and make me stop. I got, Which, like, I, The Simpsons is, like, tame now. I, I, got, oh, in, yeah. I got in trouble I at school. I used to not be allowed to watch The Simpsons. I got in trouble at school for drawing Bart Simpson during class uh, in my notebook. Just any likeness. And so I was not allowed, I was not allowed to <laughs> watch Simpsons after that wow. until I was, like, a teenager. What do, you, what do you think is the movie, like, maybe, like, a handful of movies that define 80, the 80s genre of films that like business it, when you you can sense it in a film when they make it like Robocop uh, okay Robocop <laughs> Beverly Any, Hills anything Cop anything with 
Top yeah. Gun. Anything with like a cop or an action. <laughs> That's like, right. Anything with Arnold in it. Yes. Karate Kid. <laughs> karate, yeah, okay. There's a karate that defines. Uh, Goonies. Yes. Um, which, which my daughter was watching the other day. Really? And loved. Right on. on that. Stand By Me. Oh, I never even saw that. That's a good oh, movie. That's a great movie. What's wrong with you? Wow, you are missing out, dude. You are missing out. Stand Randy. by me. Stand by Randy me. Is, and, stand, by, stand by me was made by Steven Spielberg, right? Am I right about that? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it, no. Okay. I don't know if it was Spielberg. So, but it's it's kind of that classic '80s like kids put Coming into a difficult age. situation. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just like that. So I think like uh, Stand by Me. Hey, did you hear? And I'm not saying I'm into it, but like it was like the terrifying '80s movie. It. Stephen King's yeah. it. The remake. Yeah, I think of it. Stephen King movies too, and I think when of, you think of eighties, eighties movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the, uh, so like that new the new thing that's out on Netflix now, uh, and I'm not giving an endorsement, everybody. So just but uh, Stranger Th- Stranger Things, like, completely captures the nostalgia of the typical eighties flick. Right. Children put in, put into a difficult situation. Kind of Stephen King-ish, uh, kind of background, mysterious worlds, kind of thing, and even just the the uh, the sets and all that thing, just typical '80s flick. Uh, okay, so just quickly, uh, it's coming up to Christmas now. <laughs> my uh, my wife went to the chiropractor on Monday or Tuesday, Monday. And they had everything decorated for Christmas in July. See? And then Christmas. Got- See? I went to Hobby Lobby the other day, and they have all their Christmas stuff. See? Our oh, tree is up in the corner. We haven't taken it apart because... It is, it's right oh, here in the studio. That's white trash. Some, not some, that we've been celebrating Christmas. <laughs> Someone walked in the other day, new to our church, and they were like, looked over like, oh, you have your Christmas tree up. I was like... Well, no, but it's not decorated. Yeah. We're not observing Christmas we by took having the it up. Decorations off, but it's it is over in the corner. And it's corner. in the corner. Yeah, during uh, Christmas time, it will be in a prominent we'll do it up. location. Oh, oh, so uh, Rebecca was in the studio with her twins uh, the other day, and and I was babysitting them, and and the twins got into that tree, and they had like, is it fraught? Like whatever that whatever make the fake snow is. Yeah. They were just shaking the tree and they got it all over them. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, the twi- Rebecca is the woman, one of the women who uh, turned away from the abortion clinic as a result of the Christians on the sidewalk. And the twins, Marcus is referring to, are twin girls saved from abortion. And so I just want to say this. It is truly one of the most amazing things. When these girls are around me, I can't stop looking at them. Like, I just can't stop, like, staring at them, just thinking, like, these little girls wouldn't be here today. Like, they wouldn't be here. And sometimes, these beautiful little girls, these twins, uh, will be, like, at Apologia Church and, like, making a lot of noise through the service and even running up to the stage or running around and... Rebecca's going to catch him or something and you know they're disrupting the service and I'm thinking you can disrupt the service all you want like <laughs> it's, I'm perfectly fine with it uh, so anyway so yeah there, there's that so we um, are going to take a quick break uh, I want to point you before we do to uh, our all access apologiaradio.com uh, there are some great things. Uh, let me go ahead and just ask Marcus real fast. Marcus, do you think by the time this comes out, we're going to have the uh, Reform Con yes. stuff? Okay. Yes. So, uh, all access. You guys get every television show we've ever done 
the after shows that we do with all the special guests we have on. You get to participate with us in ministry by making all the ministry we do, we do possible. You also get to get the Apology Academy with teachers like uh, me, uh, Dr. James White. You also get John Sampson. You also get R.C. Sproul Jr. You're also going to be getting Douglas Wilson and a bunch of guys from New St. Andrews College. Uh, and uh, this, at the, by the time you listen to this, we're going to have reform cons breakout sessions up now you didn't get to see those those weren't actually uh live streamed during reform cons we didn't really have the ability to do that but uh you have all the breakout sessions from dr scott oliphant dr james white you also have leah her breakout session you got luke pearson you have darren doan nate wilson all the breakout sessions are up did, did uh, marcus have one marcus is yep. as well I, I was thinking marcus already had his up it's on youtube oh. yours is already up on youtube marcus that's made right. sure he put his up by the way. <laughs> so so yeah he's like i'll make sure that's up um but they're all gonna be up so if you guys didn't get a chance to go to reform con and you're all access you're gonna get to see stuff anyway so that's one of the blessings and benefits of uh, all access you also get all the uh Really cool um, stuff like that that happens. So that is going to be up. Don't forget, we just released uh, R.C. Sproul Jr.'s teaching uh, series on going to the abortion mills with the gospel. So all kinds of great stuff there for you guys. And I want to announce, if you haven't heard it yet, we are uh, going through a big change on our website, apologiastudios.com, apologiaradio.com. Big change that's going to be completely revamped. Uh, easier to access, more organized, very beautiful look to it. Uh, it's just fantastic. The website's fantastic. And you will also be able to get some really special things that are only available at apologiastudios.com. Some films, movies, it's, and it's just going to be constantly expanding, God willing. Uh, so that's all happening soon. So if you guys are not all access, you guys can participate with us. It's only $7.95 a month as a donation. And you're a part of our ministry. You, you're you're a part of this with us. So that's it. We are I, gonna, I was really ahead. hoping you were going to use the 80s talk to lead into that video. Oh! Isn't I, that what you were doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I totally, that's where, I totally forgot. We actually headed. have time. So I, I want to do this. <laughs> we'll just end the cycle. And I want to do this. it. It's kind of, kind of really for joy. Um, and cause it's just fantastic. And, and here's the thing. If you go to my Facebook page, um, I shared a video and it's the title is the tab. Uh, that's the, the group that added it. And it says before Tinder, there was eighties video dating. And so what this is, is this is basically in the eighties, uh, the video dating, uh, they would record themselves to like, you know, be part of a dating service so you can watch and select who you want to talk to. And it's the actual footage. And it, when I first watched it, the first minute, I thought it was staged. I was like, this is totally staged and it's a joke. It's a spoof. It's not a joke. It's not a spoof. It's for real. Now, here's the thing. I'm telling you to go to my Facebook page because watching it is a hundred times better than listening to it, but it's still worth hearing and joy i'm going to turn this over to you so you can see because randy and luke already saw it so this is the 80s video dating uh it is amazing okay early to bed early to rise makes a woman healthy wealthy and wise that's why you're wiser than me it's steven hi i'm maurice I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. Hi, my name is Monroe. Uh, you've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes. Hi, my name is Phil. Uh, most of my friends call me Big Phil. Okay, um, I like to talk to people uh, deep into the night. I play guitar. I'm Aton. Hi, I'm Fred. 
Fred is Fred. Fred <laughs> is wearing, Fred a, Viking is wearing a Viking helmet and a big furry coat with a spear. So that's you know he thought that would be that's creepy. He thought that so in would case work. you think Fred is normal because yeah. you're not watching the video. Yeah, he's not. You, yeah, you need to see it. And this guy with these Coke bottle glasses, just amazing. The original hipster. <laughs> My name's Mike, and if you're sitting there watching this tape smoking your cigarette, well, hit the fast-forward button, because I don't smoke, and I don't like people who do smoke. Wow. I'm not afraid to get sand on my tuxedo if you're not afraid to let the wind mess your hair up a little bit when I take the top down. Perhaps even a, a nice bath with some champagne and candles. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um... <laughs> This guy has a mullet, <laughs> a mullet straight from the 80s right here. I do fashion photography, and I do consider myself a refined valley dude. Okay, I'm looking for a trendy girl with a simple smile. Wait, it says here, oh, excuse me. I don't know, what I'm not looking for is uh, some big overgrown monster that's always thinking about food and <laughs> wow <laughs> that was just not right whoso binds to himself a joy doth its winged life destroy um i like to uh do a lot of sailing i like to outdoor activities i like climbing i like travel i took a sponge ball and <clears throat> was pulling him out of a little girl's ear vivacious foxy i'm looking for the goddess are you the goddess? Who is the goddess? The goddess is the woman, is a woman, is any woman, is all women. A figure that is sexy, slim, tight, excellent legs. Mm. I'm a 25-year subscriber to both Playboy and a New Yorker magazine. Oh, my. And this is, uh, this is a selling point for him. I want to see like anyone who's got married from those videos. That'd like, be a good follow-up. Does that exist? Right. Yeah. Because well, that would I'm be a great... No. That'd be a good... <laughs> like, that would be a great reality series. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> At night, I operate a damsel in distress hotline. I guess you'd call me a knight. Uh, one of my favorite foods is pizza. And just sugar and spice and all those things that are nice like to be with people who are were as fun and adventuresome as well is into having fun have fun i enjoy having fun yes looking for somebody who has who likes to have a lot of fun i'm looking for someone to have fun with i'd love to have a good time uh able to have fun uh fun and laughter and anything that's fun i like to have fun and, uh, and have a lot of fun <laughs> are you looking for me have Nothing's fun. changed. Nothing's changed. We all want to have fun. <laughs> we just want to have fun. Uh, so yeah, that that's fantastic. You really do need to spend a few moments taking a look at those guys and just uh, seeing the the culture change and the hair and the clothes. It's just fantastic. We uh, that'd be a good spoof actually to do is uh, something like that. All right. We will be right back. We're going to do a not public radio segment with Steady Randy. Pick up a past episode at ApologiaRadio.com, y'all. And don't forget, you can get a J.C. Ryle shirt. Riggedy Ryle from MissionAware.com, which is what Pastor Luke is wearing right now. They do not yes, have sir. any kitty cat t-shirts. No. Nope. I got this in a white elephant gift exchange, so you'll never be able to get one of these. We should maybe contact MissionAware. I stole it from your daughter. And see if they can get a picture of... Really? Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from a child. Did you really? Yep. Wow. 
I did. Wow. <laughs> uh, we should get Mission Aware to do a t-shirt with Joy and a kitty cat. Yeah. And uh, we're call, call it the Sheologian. Um, Sheologian. Everybody love loves that cats. name, by the way. I've gotten several comments from people that say that that needs to be the name of the show. Why yeah. aren't you just so clever? Yeah. Yep. Missionalware.com <laughs> is where you go to get one of those shirts, guys. They love us. We love them. You should get a t-shirt from them, y'all. They're pretty good. Pretty sweet stuff. All right, guys. Be right back. Just a minute. So many questions I'm Nathan Bell. And I'm Greg Dutcher. Greg and I have the privilege of co-hosting These Go to 11 podcast. We cover everything from amillennialism to Zeus worship. See what I did there, bro? A to Z? Yeah, but we do talk a lot about everything. Theology, movies, books, politics, and we have great guests on too. Tim Challey, Stephen Altrogi, Dr. John Frame, authors that make us think. And we're not afraid of controversy either. Calvinism and Arminianism, charismatic gifts. If it's a lightning rod, then we're going to set it high on the roof in a thunderstorm. So join us each week. At least one new episode is released every Tuesday night after 10 because every episode goes to what, Greg? Oh, we'll just let Nigel say it. These go to 11. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. This is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. All right, welcome to Apologia NPR, not public radio news, recorded in the 31st week of the year of our Lord, 2016. You might wonder why I am still here with this uh, collection of people known as Apologia. Perhaps you don't drink, don't smoke, and don't associate with those who do. Well, I don't drink beer, don't smoke, and don't ink with those who tattoo. But our fellowship (laughs) is not born of the hops of the earth, or the vapors of the air, or of markings on the flesh which fade, but rather a fellowship (laughs) of those called from among all the nations, sanctified in Christ Jesus, Called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) In a few moments, I will discuss some news stories that I found to contain examples of stupidity. And by that, I mean the ability to be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in general, the path of stupidity confronts the reasonable person in the following way. Someone or some organization has a stupid idea. An informed person or persons explains why the idea is indeed stupid. The informed person or persons are then called evil idiots who oppose science, hate the poor, are afraid of designer genders or some other denigrating description. Sooner or later, <laughs> sooner or later, the implemented stupid idea fails dramatically. As Doug Wilson has pointed out, stupidity doesn't work. Then the originators of the stupid idea claim no one could have ever foreseen the failure coming and cover, them, cover their embarrassment by praising themselves for having cared enough to try something. Then, of course, the originators of the stupid idea generate another stupid idea. 
Stability is often cloaked with a veneer of respectable fields like science or statistics. So Hillary Clinton can state, I believe in science, while not believing that biology generally determines whether one is male or female. <laughs> now, all truth is God's truth, all logic is God's logic, and all numbers are God's numbers. But when used unrighteously, the benefit of these tools becomes thwarted and goodness is abandoned. Let's consider some articles that have something to do with science and numbers and look for problems. First, Peter Thiel co-founded PayPal in 1998 and was recently featured in an Inc.com article titled, Why Peter Thiel Believes Young People's Blood is the Ultimate Medicine. Of course, I must interrupt the logic of my point to make a disclaimer that Inc.com is spelled I-N-C and not I-N-K-E-D. <laughs> I must state this to prevent a discernment form of stability from manifesting. Anyway, the title of the article is rather slanted and Mr. Teal was probably targeted for media bullying after speaking at the Republican convention while self-identifying as gay. In fact, the title of the article was changed to Peter Teal is very, very interested in young people's blood just during the preparation for this episode. Peter has an interest in parabiosis. One company providing this service explains that patients aged 35 and older get a transfusion of blood plasma from donors under 25, and researchers monitor their blood for molecular indicators of health and aging. Subjects experience a reversal of aging symptoms across every major organ system. The study participants who range, range in age through the 80s must pay $8,000 to take part in the research and live in or travel to the company for treatments and follow-up assessments. There's no FDA approval needed because they're just blood transfusions rather than drugs. The founder of the company acknowledges the potential supply issue if parabiosis becomes more common but notes that plasma is relatively abundant and has a two-year shelf life. He speculates that a surge of popular attention for parabiosis might inspire more blood donations by young donors. Yes, inspire. So you sub-25s out there, does this whole scheme inspire you to rush out and donate your blood? I think not. <laughs> now imagine you are the founder of the company and you are looking at results using blood from donors less than 25 years old. If blood from sub-25 year olds is beneficial, you probably wonder if the blood from sub-15 year olds would be even better. You're simply pondering about the problem of supply while thinking about the efficacy of younger blood. Where would the science take you? Twilight. Go ahead, comment, Twilight. It would take you to the show. Isn't that about younger blood? Well, sure. The, the series Twilight, the vampires? Yeah, but, but think about think about the supply problem. I didn't even know that. Problem. <laughs> I don't, I think it's just about blood. I don't know. Yeah, well... If you if you're saying that younger and younger blood, yeah, fetal blood is more fetal blood. excellent, excellent. So hey, the supply problem, we've got we've got a supply of something, and they got a supply problem, and you know anyway. Well, there's stability. a lot of fetal blood. Yeah. So yeah, the direction of this stability is likely an increased demand for the rendering of the unborn for profit. <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. So in another article from National Review, the Dutch Medical Association now advises its members to help anyone commit suicide by self-starvation. From the publication, Caring for People Who Choose Not to Eat or Drink So As to Hasten the End of Life. Consciously choosing not to eat and drink to hasten the end of life is a choice each and every one can and may make for themselves. This decision does not require the individual to consult with a physician, 
a nurse, carer, or any other party. The choice to hasten the end of life is a drastic choice for both patients and those close to them. It is a choice between a life deemed unacceptable by the patient or the patient's own choice to die. On the one hand, this guide relates to people who are not suffering from an illness and on the other hand, to patients whose condition is deemed to be an illness or a combination of illnesses and complaints by a physician. In the latter case, a medical basis exists. Now, what do they mean by a medical basis exists? They mean that this is now, uh, the mental problem is now considered a medical problem. Mm. All right. So the committee wishes to underline, however, that a conscience, that a consciously, that consciously choosing not to eat and drink and suicide cannot be deemed equivalent because there may be relevant differences between the two. Suicide is associated with an active, violent, lonely, and often impulsive act. Notice the equivocation, replacing a definition with an association. The straight definition of suicide is the taking of one's own life. It may usually be in the form of a violent act, but not necessarily so. To continue, if a care provider has conscientious objections to providing such care, he may assign the care for the patient concern to a colleague care provider. A patient may, however, not be deprived of the care required when consciously choosing not to eat and drink. Deprived of what care? Right. Why? The care of dehydration and starvation, the cure for that condition. <laughs> a patient who has wow. stopped, to continue with the article, a patient who has stopped eating and drinking may become delirious and unconsciously ask for something to drink. This may create a difficult situation in which the party's concern can fall back on the relevant agreements made during the preparatory phase and or in a living will. It is crucial for care providers, particularly if a difficult situation arises, not to suddenly interfere with the agreements previously wow. made with patients and offer them something to drink. Well, how do they know if it's delirious oh, or they've actually changed their mind and thought it was a bad idea? Well, because they made uh, you know the decision oh. when they're in their rational mind, obviously now that they're in the process, it must be wow. delirium and not a change of mind. Wow. Yes. For this reason, it is essential to prevent and treat delirium using the non-pharmacological measures described in this guide, in addition to pursuing an anticipatory policy combined where necessary with medication policy in the event the patient becomes restless or delirious. Wow. It is indicative of the stability pervasive in our culture that only bad decisions and social directions are said to be permanently locked into place. Here it might be someone realizing they don't want to starve to death, or maybe they have an epiphany and actually want to live. In another case, it might be someone in the LGBTQ crowd who thought they were T, have gone to Q, and are considering that they might simply be straight. No, <laughs> then they are only denying their true selves. Mm. Such an example is provided by Walt Heiser, who was diagnosed with gender dysphoria and approved for sex reassignment surgery by the preeminent authority at the time, Paul Walker, PhD. That sounds like one of those 80s shows now that I say it out loud. <laughs> he was quickly approved for hormone therapy and surgery without considering the comorbid disorders that might have fueled the gender dysphoria. After male-to-female surgery didn't permanently resolve Walt's gender discomfort, he sought counseling. The feelings of gender discomfort he had were changed after counseling resolved his underlying issues. He writes in public discourse about a letter he received from a man who transitioned in his teens. I transitioned to female beginning in my late teens and changed my name in my early 20s, over 10 years ago. 
But it wasn't right for me. I feel only discontent now in the female role. I was told that my transgender feelings were permanent, immutable, physically deep-seated in my brain and could never change, and that the only way I would ever find peace was to become female. The problem is I don't have those feelings anymore. When I began seeing a psychologist a few years ago to help overcome some childhood trauma issues, my depression and anxiety began to wane, but so did my transgender feelings. So two years ago, I began contemplating going back to my gender birth, and it feels right to do so. I have no doubts. I want to be male. Mm. I did have an oreectomy, the removal of one or both testicles, and that happened before my male puberty had completed. So I have a bit of facial hair, which I never bothered to get at electrolysis or laser for. And so the one blessing about all this is that with male hormone treatment, I can still resume my male puberty where it was interrupted and grow a full beard and deep voice like I would have if transgender feelings hadn't intruded upon my childhood. My breasts are difficult to hide though, so I'll need surgery to get rid of them. And saddest of all, I can never have children, which I pray God will give me the strength to withstand that sadness. Mm. Walt comments, We are told that those with gender dysphoria, whether they are four-year-old children or Olympic athletes, are better off living as the opposite sex, putting blind trust in those who use bullying tactics to discourage debate or scientific challenge has traumatic and sometimes deadly consequences for the innocent victims. Consider the harm that occurs today as a result of this propaganda. Unbiased medical information and treatment is simply not available to those considering sex change. Only one course of treatment is provided, hormone treatment and sex reassignment surgery. Hurting people who regret transitioning are bullied into silence. Wow. Researchers can run out of their profession, be run out of their profession, if the results challenge the transgender activist narrative the freedom to pursue scientific evidence is jeopardized. He says, let's stop enabling the delusion that transition is the only answer. Walt Heiser's story can be read in Kid Dakota and the Secret at Grandma's House and in his autobiography, A Transgender's Faith. Heiser's other books include Paper Genders and Gender Lies and Suicide. Sometimes, stability appears as internal inconsistencies there is an article in the UK's independent titled, Half of All People Could Be Carrying Gay Genes. Oh my goodness. The article is attempting... Half? That's what it says. Oh yeah. Half. This, yeah. So, okay, your stability... That means three of us in here have gay jeans right now. Well, could. I'm not that's wearing... I am not wearing skinny jeans. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's in the headline. You may have got those from the book, although. Could. Yes, good. Good. Okay. So, good. See what I did yeah. there? Yes. I see what you did, Jeff. Okay. That was good. Yeah, so your stability meter was going off there. Very, very good. Mm. Very good. All right. <laughs> The article is attempting to explain why homosexuality does not exclude itself from the population through evolutionary forces. Now, one could straight, uh, straight up argue about the idea of gay genes from the get-go. But two statements inside the story caught my attention. The first is, the researcher wanted to find out why genes associated with homosexuality don't die out, even when, unsurprisingly, straight men have five times more children than gay men. Now... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so it starts sounding a little bit suspicious. So if I, if I express five times more as a percent, I get 83% more. So to restate the article, about 17% of all children come from gay men. Then the article goes on to state that 
gay genes continue to be passed down the generations despite the tendency of homosexuals not to have children. I can't stop listening to this and thinking about clothing items every I time know. you say jeans now. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> you ruined it, Jeff. You ruined it. jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so, however, to ta- if we take the known statistic that homosexuals make up about 3% of the population, that means individual gay men have children at a rate almost six times higher than straight men. To say it another way, every straight man is responsible for 0.85 children, while each homosexual man is responsible for 5.7 children. Something is wrong there. Math. Yes, the math is wrong. (laughs) Yes. Without without doing any research, you can see that there's some internal inconsistencies uh, in stories like this. So, I know that some believe that believing in science is enough, but it but it just doesn't take stupidity and man's depravity into account. Very good. All right. Yes. So this was Apology or NPR, not public radio, exposing stupidity wherever it exists. Christians, look for it, identify it, <laughs> refute it. Praise God. Stupidity. Wonderful. That's a new word. That's a new word. Very good. Stupidity. That's good. I was really hoping you would have quoted Forrest Gump in that. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been That's good. okay. Maybe stability next time. is as stability does. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, well, let's talk about that for a second. The um, sh- shift, the cultural shift in acceptance of gender dysphoria as something that, well, let's fix gender that. Gender discomfort. That's a new one. Yeah. Just, hey, you know, let's, let's fix it. Let's fix it by chopping off a part of your body. Let's fix it by pumping you full of uh, different uh, chemicals to alter the natural course of your body's change and those sorts of things well like you know if you would have suggested this sort of a thing uh 60 years ago like we're gonna be at a place where you know somebody will think that they're a female and we're gonna we're gonna buy into it and we're gonna bite down and help them uh to to become quote unquote become a female like it just would have been seen as madness how can that ever take place and uh it happens now and uh it does do it does do a lot of damage and um you know People, you know, uh, the common argument, even songs are made about it today. You know, uh, I was born this way. Lady Gaga, I was born this way. That's become sort of the anthem for this movement. You know, just address it very simply at the bottom. Well, like, there are lots of things people do and lots of things people desire. uh, And if they say, I was born this way, do we feed into it? Do we say, oh, well, then fine. You were were born that way. Then we accept it and go ahead and go run with it. Now, that's right, Luke. We would say, no, we're all born sinners and that sin can express itself in all kinds of different ways in each of our individual lives some of us are more prone to anger some of us are more prone to lust some of us are more more prone to uh, bitterness and gossip a lot of that has to do with our environment and what we we're raised to sort of accept as an acceptable sin within our home and we sort of you know we push through all of the uh, you know the things telling us stop doing this because well we accept it and we've adopted it do we tell a person that is prone to stealing? Uh, if they say I was, oh, I was born this way, can't help it. It's just you know my culture, my environment's what I just. We say, oh, well then great. Left discomfort. Yeah, then uh, then go ahead and, and and go run with it. And let me <laughs> let me help carry the TV. Um, we don't do that, and we've done it now with this whole transgender issue and people that are going through this change. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, and now I'm going to forewarn you. I have watched this testimony before. I don't know how this one was clipped up. I just pulled it up on YouTube here real fast. Uh, story of Diamond D. Uh, that's the name. Oh, Di- yeah. Diamond D is, uh, I guess, a famous uh, uh, person from 
pornographic videos and films. Um, so if you do have kids around, might want to you know turn it down or pause until we get through this. But I'm going to go ahead and play it just to show you the example of a person who went through this whole process and now uh, professes to now t- have turned to Christ and believes in Jesus and now you know is really suffering as a result of all the damage that he did to his body. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play it now. You look at me now. I'm back to being who God wanted me to be as a man. And it doesn't really matter what I got between my legs because uh, no one's going to see it anyway. And uh, I've been reading my Bible every day and all I could hear was God saying, well, you really need to go back to being who I made you. And your story is great, but just don't do it as a girl because you're not a girl. And I know that. It just tears me up to think that 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 I did all this and... uh, I, I was a phony, I was a fraud, but I tried pulling it off. And, and, and people, people just called me ma'am and, and, and she and her, and you know, I had my long hair. I didn't wear much makeup. As you can see, I got lip liner, I had the eyebrows tattooed, which now I gotta live this way, but it's a great testimony. And uh, I just wanna try to help someone else before they make the same mistake I did. Everybody I told I was getting a sex change and blah, 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 they all said, oh, if that's what, if that's what you think is right, then go ahead and do it. You know, if you, if you, if you feel, good, if feel good about it, you know, if that's what you want, go, go do it. And uh, how can that happen when you're supposed to be accountable for your brothers and sisters and help them out, according to what I read? And uh, they didn't do it. They did not do it. And to this day, they thought I was going to be a disgrace to them. That's why they didn't do anything. They just told me to, there's the door. I said, okay, you know. But I always thought I needed to be important. And that's another reason, all the tattoos and the, the piercings, I thought, uh, oh, I'm going to be somebody someday. Uh, I want to be famous, you know. But now, I do want to be famous. But I want to be famous for God. And I want to I take everybody down the path that needs help. Please listen to this, because without the Lord, you'll have nothing. You'll have nothing. You know, he's the... He's the vine and we're the branches and we can do nothing without him. But the whole thing is why most people will not go to any of these things because it's all about the embarrassment. You are so embarrassed with what you've been doing that you can't tell anybody that. And that's what I kept a secret for all those years. I couldn't tell nobody. I was too embarrassed. But you have to stop. You have to stop and and, and get help because you're going to destroy your life. You're going to destroy the life of your your friends, your spouse, whoever it may be because this is the worst thing that I think that, 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 that anybody could do, is, is get involved in the, the sex uh, industry or business or, or whatever. It destroyed me, but praise God, uh, I'm set free now, and I'm happy as can be. So, uh, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is. It's powerful. That's, that's a powerful thing, and it's not the kind of thing that um, people who promote this uh, really want you to see or be invested in and think about, and it's important because people get hurt from this kind of stuff. I mean, I think that the, we're going to go to break here in a second, but the thing that most upsets me is when you see people doing this to like their seven-year-old and eight-year-old. Right. This has been a topic of discussion on Apologia Radio before. It's not our ter- first time around on this, but, you know, I mean, that's 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 devastating. You know, that famous one from a while back, I think we talked about it. It was two lesbians that had a little boy and this picture was just shared all around the internet and they were basically... 
helping this child to go through a sex change as a little boy. Ah, oh, just that's one of the most brutal things to read because uh, that kid looks so unhappy mm. and and just oh, just so broken to see these women who are so confused sexually and now feeding into his sexual confusion and uh, to actually go now at that young, young, tender age and start feeding into something mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you know, you are a girl and let's go ahead and start like giving you medication to stop you from entering into puberty and, and man, that's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, listen to these stories. And um, good job, Randy. Thank, Thank you. you. By the way, apologize for the really weird song that happened in the uh, <laughs> interest of the commercial there. We just got some backtrack playing, and I just turned it up, and it was just, what was it like? Welcome to paradise, or something, something. like something like that. So, yeah, Sorry. sometimes we're just playing the track. Um, all track. right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to actually engage a video of a guy who's been uh, attacking the truth, the biblical doctrine of the triune God, and it's just a short clip, but we're going to kind of address it head on and talk about some of these common uh, claims in statements so be right back guys apologiarated.com get your bibles ready we're going to talk about the word of god and uh the only god that there is god in three persons father son and holy spirit be right back ladies and gentlemen beauties and beasts i have some good news for you but in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles. Not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall protect your manlyhood an epic combination of manliness and manhood if you're hearing this today there is hope for your beard go to youcosbeard.com and enter the code apologia and you can save some money while you save your face what's up y'all this is jeff durbin with apologia radio at apologiaradio.com want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with whitfield theological seminary I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, mamas. Mamas, mamas. <laughs> Baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. Up that child. Hilarious and brings back I'm all kinds of Jackson. memories. Ooh, I am for <laughs> real. Um, <laughs> So 
my Marcus reminded us of that Outcast because you said that when Austin comes in with you, he plays Outcast every morning. Every morning, yeah. Outcast, way to go, Austin. Yeah, nice um, job, Austin. All right, guys. So we are going to engage a video um, from a guy named Marcus Rogers. Now I'm sure there's a bit of a history here that I, I'm actually not personally aware of, but this came across my feed, and so I'd like to talk about it. It's a short enough clip. I think we can um, uh, talk about some important things in engaging this. So Marcus Rogers and the title that he put to this little uh, video is my response to Dr. James White. People have been coming at me saying I'm a false prophet. Well, here you go. I have to stand on the word. Now, first and foremost, that resonates with... That's a good puritanical title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the long... Yeah, That's a really go. good one. Uh, and first and foremost, <laughs> let me say, that resonates with us at Apologia Radio, at Apologia Church, because that is our primary confession. Uh, the scriptures are the sole infallible rule of faith and practice, the word of God. Uh, it represents the voice of God, is the voice of God, and so we should look to God's word as the standard of what is true, not our emotions, not our traditions, not our personal likes or dislikes. Uh, we should look to the word of God. Jesus says in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Father, sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. It's the standard. And so God is the very reference point for any question about truth. And so if we are to find out uh, about God, wh- who is he? Uh, what is he like? Uh, what does he say? We need to go to his word and not to simply the traditions of the church, confessions, those sorts of things. It has to be the word of God. Now, I do want to say that the Holy Spirit of God, God himself, it has been active in the people of God um, since the very beginning. And so all scripture, 2 Timothy three sixteen, is theanustos. It is God breathed. Peter says that holy men of God spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So God is speaking via his spirit, through his word, in his prophets, in his apostles. And so we have revelation from God. God himself has spoken. And so with that, God is the very source that we go to for objective truth. And if we want to know we need to go to the Word of God. But, again, the Holy Spirit of God has been active in the people of God, guiding God's people, shaping the bride of Christ, uh, teaching the people of God. And so, yes, I completely agree that the Holy Spirit of God has not left the people of God in darkness. And that God has been actively preserving His truth since the very, very beginning. Christ died, Christ rose, Christ ascended. The Holy Spirit of God was poured out on the people of God. We are indwelt by God's Spirit. God has not left us as orphans. He has guided us into all truth. And so I do believe while confessions and um, uh, traditions, uh, while they are not the divine standard, they are not theonoustos. They do represent the Holy Spirit of God guarding and protecting the truth of God mm-hmm. throughout the ages. So I am a firm believer in dogmatics. I am a firm believer in the people of God producing from the material witness of Scripture confessions and dogma based upon Scripture. And so I think it's a beautiful thing when you think about the history of the church that God has allowed heretics uh, like Marcus Rogers, uh, to be raised up, false teachers like this man, to be raised up so that the people of God can get to the word of God to proclaim the truth of God against men like this. And so, that yes, I do 
affirm the Nicene Creed. I do affirm the Athanasian Creed. I do affirm what came out of the Synod of Dort. I do affirm all those confessions, all those synods that are consistent with Scripture, those teachings where Christians gathered together to refute heresy, to bring the Word of God to bear upon someone's testimony and teaching. Uh, So I am quite happy that Sabellianism was refuted by the church. I'm quite happy that Arius uh, was refuted by the church. I'm quite happy uh, that uh, Pelagianism was refuted by the church. And I'm quite happy that Arminianism was refuted by the church with the Word of God. And so I stand on those confessions. I stand on those proclamations, knowing that the material witness of Scripture is the standard but the people of God have been protected by the Spirit of God by forming confessions and traditions that were consistent with his word. So that's important, too, because here's what I'm saying. When we say solo scriptura, we don't mean solo scriptura, that you have just a person under a tree with their Bible and Jesus. And it's just like there's no, no history of Christianity, no people of God, no uh, Spirit of God working through the people of God throughout the ages to preserve God's truth. It's very important because I think in the West, particularly Christianity in the West, it almost appears at times like Christians, in the, evangelical Christians will come to the Bible almost like we're the first to take a stab at this. Right, like we're 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 the first to realize it's like just dropped down in the 21st century. God just finally dropped this Bible on us, and we're gonna figure all this stuff out. When in reality, God has been working in His church since the beginning with the people of God and the Word of God, and you have great men and women of God who have held on to this precious Word for ages and have been used by God to defend His truth, proclaim His truth, and they have been shaped by God's word. So it is good to look at the people of God throughout history and take the benefit of teachers who have been taught by God through his word, by his spirit, and and therefore have been used by God to um, communicate his word in a way that is clear, uh, to defend his word in a way that is effective. So for example, and I, I, I want to say this, I believe that we are in a position today as a church to defend the Trinity in a way that is more effective, um, more full-orbed than Christians were in the second century. Mm. Same teaching, same God, same truths, but we have, through 2,000 years of fights, been able to uh, actually get to the Word of God in a way that is clear so we can refute men like Marcus Rogers better than uh, Christians were able to do in the second century, which is, uh, this heresy is as old as that. Uh, so here we go. Marcus Rogers uh, talking about the Trinity, and uh, you guys feel free to tell me to stop if you want to say something. Here we go. said, hey, Marcus, when are you going to respond to uh, Dr. James White in the videos that he's made about you being a false teacher? I didn't really feel the need to because the Bible says he who has an ear, let him hear. And I feel that, you know, he's so much older that he wouldn't really hear anything that I would have to say. But maybe he'll hear the word of God, all right? I believe that he loves God according to... Well, Dr. James White has written a book called Sola... Scriptura, uh, scripture alone. And so Dr. White is firmly con- uh, convinced and uh, has written about the word of God being the standard. And so, of course, he would listen to the word of God. And I think that needs to be stated. Those are his uh, convictions and his confession. What he knows and maybe he has good intentions. But just like this Buddhist temple right here, they have good intentions, too. They come here every week and they worship and they pray to their God, you know, when they're faithful and they're dedicated. But the thing is, their God is not real. Because there's only one God, there's only one way, there's only one truth, yep. and that is Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, I'm going to try to keep this. 
Okay. Yeah. He's right. Okay. (laughs) There is only one God. Yes. And the Bible calls the Father God. The Bible calls the Son God. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit God. And the Bible makes a distinction between the three persons. We're going to get into that in a second. And so, yes, one God. That's exactly right. Uh, However, there's more to be said. And it is true, of course, that Buddhists are uh, maybe dedicated and maybe zealous, maybe amazing, wonderful people. And that doesn't actually uh, express really ultimately anything about whether or not they're in the truth. And so, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Also want to add uh, respectfully, uh, because this happens a lot. It is not revelations. It is revelation. Uh, a lot of people do that, uh, and uh, there are a lot of actually Christians that refer to it in that way, but it's, it's, it's revelation, not revelations. Video short, it says no one can add to the word of God, no one can take away from the word of God, and anyone who tries to add to, and anyone who tries to take away from the scripture, they will have no part in, ter- in eternal life. That's what the Bible says. If you look at the Bible, and you read it from the front, and you read it to the back, and you look at the middle, all right, you will not see the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible. I promise you, you will not find it. So right there, anyone who's teaching Trinity, all right, and they're putting that word, all right, into their sermons, they are adding something that is not in the word of God. Uh, The word Bible is not (laughs) in the word of God. You can look from cover to cover from uh, Genesis (laughs) to Revelation, and you will never find the word Bible. Uh, Neither is the word modalism in the Bible. Uh, I was going to say that exact same thing. That's not in the Bible (laughs) either, my friend. And uh, it's a a word we use to express a particular belief or teaching. Uh, And, uh, you know, lots of things uh, not in the Bible. They're just words that we use to actually express quickly uh, what we mean when we say something. So, for example, if you were to say, uh, this guy's a Trinitarian, you know based upon the word and what it expresses about the fundamental belief system of Trinitarianism, what the person believes about God. If you say, uh, this guy's a modalist, I know where you're at on that. I know what you say, basically, because the word itself expresses, this, expresses the system. Nobody has ever suggested that the word Trinity is in the Bible. Uh, that's, that's not an argument. That's not an argument that Trinitarians make, uh, that this is a biblical word, and so therefore you must believe it. Uh, and um, if you think about your own vocabulary, sir, you'll recognize that you, you have lots of words to express and identify what you believe about particular things um, that are not in the Bible. And if that is adding to the Bible, uh, then you are equally in trouble. And further, um, that's not what either revelation means when it says not to add to the words of this book, uh, nor is it what, say, Deuteronomy means uh, when it says not to add to God's word lest he uh, prove you to be a liar. Uh, that's not what it means. It's, it's referring to adding to or taking away from God's word uh, that he has actually uh, revealed to us. Uh, it has nothing to do with whether or not you can use a word to identify a particular theological belief. Uh, so that's just important to make sure that we properly explain what those texts mean. So what does that say? I think it's pretty clear. Revelations is pretty clear on that. Revelations 22. Revelation Revelation, <laughs> revelation. It says they will have no part in eternal life. That's not Marcus. That's not Mark, Marcus Rogers type of thinking. That's Bible. You cannot add to the word of God. So he actually um, abuses the text of God's word in the book of Revelation, where actually, if you want to get really specific, the uh, apostle John writing from Patmos, um, I think during the reign of Nero, uh, when he actually writes the the let the revelation, 
and he says that near the end, that's revealed to him near the end, that is technically specifically about the book of Revelation. Now we know that there are other examples in scripture about not adding to God's word that give the same principle and idea um, about adding to God's word throughout the scriptures. However, that text is specifically about adding to the book of Revelation. Revelation. And uh, again, to take that text and actually say, well, you use the word Trinity and that's not in the Bible. So you're adding to God's word. And so here's Revelation 22 to prove my point just goes to show this man's mishandling of the text of God's word and the p- complete irrational nature of his argumentation. So that's needs to, needs to be highlighted. Anybody else? Anyone? No? That's a lot, you, a lot of you, psychological you positivism. Yeah. How's your snack over there? Doing it's, good? It's working. Okay, good. Yeah. Luke, <laughs> Luke, it should be one of those Snickers commercials where if uh, if he doesn't eat something, he turns into a diva or like a monster. It's not, it's not even that. I have low blood sugar. I know. Yeah. I don't turn into a diva. I just, I just die. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you do get a little. That you, you, you definitely do. sounds like something a diva would okay. say. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a diva. <laughs> I'm not a diva. I'm just dying. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you shut your mouth Jeff and finish your show <laughs> okay now, why did they Marcus. come up with the word trinity the reason they came up with the word trinity is because people are trying to understand God but we can never understand God in our feeble minds alright God exists out of time God exists out of space time and space cannot contain God well if we can't understand God then why are you talking about him <laughs> and, and he says that uh, time and space cannot contain God, but that's exactly what Jesus proved wrong as he came into time and space. And took the infinite took on the finite. Um, yeah. but, but, but it's an interesting thing. If you say things like, well, God can never even be really, he can never be understood. He can never be known because his ways are above our ways and everything else. You're abusing the text of God's word and it needs to be communicated that from a purely logical standpoint and logic is a good thing as Christians. We should think clearly, consistently, and logically. God does. Our thoughts are to be a reflection of the way that he thinks. Um, If you say God cannot be understood, then you don't do videos on Facebook trying to communicate what's true about God because it can't be understood. The truth of the matter is, while there is the incomprehensibility of God, that there are aspects of God that are not comprehensible there is of course the fact that god has communicated to us so that we can know him and he says that he wants us to know him and he tells us to have understanding to come to him for understanding for knowledge for wisdom and so this is really really important christians came up with the word trinity because it means the tri unity of god and we use the word trinity to express what is fundamentally taught in the scriptures from beginning to end. Genesis to Revelation. There is only one eternal God Mm. by nature. It says in Isaiah 43.10, Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Isaiah 44.6, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Isaiah 44.8, Is there a God besides me? Indeed there is no other God. I know not one. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Shema Israel, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 35 and 39, He is God uh, alone in the heavens above and on the earth below there is no other jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment in the law and jesus says hero israel the lord our god the lord is one 
And it's affirmed that there is only one God, none but him. And Jesus blesses that statement. There is only one God. But yet the Bible teaches that the Father is God. And there generally isn't any debate about that. No one wants to debate whether the Father is called God in Scripture. Everybody affirms that the Father is called God. The question is always the deity of Jesus Christ. Now, it's a dangerous issue. It's a dangerous game to play to deny his deity because Jesus says in John chapter 8, unless you believe that ego a me, I am, you will die in your sins. That's what he says. So it's a dangerous game to play. And I want to say every cult, every religion that apes Christianity, every heretic and false teacher like Marcus Rogers throughout the ages has always gone after the deity of Jesus Christ. His deity, the fact that he is God. The Holy Spirit is called God in the scriptures. Lying to the Holy Spirit is not lying to men, it's lying to God. The Holy Spirit in in the scriptures actually talks to people, speaks to people. Jesus identifies a distinction between him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, when he says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. Just think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will will send in my name. He says, what about him? He will, he, the Holy Spirit is a he, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness. He will guide you into all truth. He will be with you. So that's how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit of God. And so Christians use the term Trinity to express what the Bible teaches from cover to cover about the one being of God, eternally existent as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not because God cannot be understood. God cannot be comprehended in all of his aspects. We are creatures with three-pound brains. He cannot be comprehended in every aspect. However, God can be apprehended. Truths of God can be apprehended by his creatures. If you deny that God can be understood, then every time you open your mouth about God to explain him, you are refuting your own claim because you're intimating by explaining God that he can be understood in some way. It's fallacious. It's philosophically inconsistent and absurd. And here's the thing. If anything in your system causes everything else that you say to be an absurdity, your system, sir, should be rejected. Your claims should be rejected. All right. I'm going to let this... uh ambulance come through it's probably coming for some of the people who believe in the trinitarians right now they just passed out just now on the basis of what (laughs) on the basis of your argumentation wow was that that good argumentation to your mind sir was that argumentation that um holds any weight whatsoever absolutely not uh i can't i can't help but identifying just a lot of arrogance and pride uh in in this man in this in this video um yeah, here we go. Onward. I love you. But I've said this many times before, all right? Um, John chapter 1, it's very clear. It says that God became flesh, all right? It says in the beginning was the word. If you look at Genesis chapter 1. Wait, 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 wait. There's, 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 there's more. <laughs> there's more. In John chapter 1, it actually says some other stuff. And uh, I think you should read it, Marcus. It's important for you to, to know that you're teaching other people these things will be something that you will held, be held accountable for. And so in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, in archaean halagos, in the beginning 
was the word. And if you take a look, and you can research this, Marcus, if you take a look at that, that statement, an archaean halagos, as far back as you want to go, with no particular point of stopping, so in other words, as far back forever ago, was the word. The word was already there. I, I really wish his name wasn't Marcus. I know. It's really, Every time I say it, it makes it's me making your ears look perk up. up. Yeah. <laughs> an archaean halagos, in the beginning was the word. Kai halagos in proston theon. And the word was with God, proston theon, toward God, face to face with God. That expresses the intimate relationship between the Father and the Son with the Son who was from the beginning in Archean Halagos forever ago. In the beginning was the word and the word was proston theon, toward God, face to face with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created by him in the beginning as far back as you want to go he always existed in intimate relationship with the father and he created all things and it says the word god became flesh god became flesh and dwelt among us notice and he's going to say this in a minute here god did not become jesus in the incarnation jesus who was eternally existent with the father took on flesh. And as you read further down in John chapter 1, verse 18, it says the monogenes theos, the unique and one-of-a-kind God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has made who known? The Father known. The unique and one-of-a-kind God, Jesus, has made the Father known. It says how God created the heavens and earth with his word. And then later, all right, in John chapter 1, it says that word became flesh. That word became Jesus. Do you notice? The word became mm. Jesus. Oh, it says the word became flesh. God, subject, who? Jesus, the one who is spoken about, who was in and Halagos, who was from the beginning, the one who was proston theon toward the Father, that one tabernacle among us, that one took on flesh. He didn't become Jesus. Like, that's where he became Jesus. He was, according to John 1, 1 through 3, eternally existent with the Father and God, the creator of all things. When we go and we stand before the throne in the end, we're not going to see three people up there. There's only going to be one. And God is Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a problem with what you're saying, Marcus. And that is that when you look in the scriptures, particularly look in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. Now, here's the thing. This is one of those incomprehensibility things, Marcus. So you have to forgive me. How does all this work as a creature? I can't tell you completely right now, but I don't subvert the clear teaching of scripture and begin to distort what God has said about himself in an effort to make my understanding the truth of God. If you look in the book of Revelation, you have the father on his throne and the son on his throne being worshiped by the people of God. Whether you like it or not, Marcus, that's what the text says. Further, if you look in Daniel chapter 7, one of the most popular verses in the first century, Second Temple Judaism, these are things that were quoted copiously by those people. If you look in Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, it says, As I looked, thrones, plural, were placed, and the Ancient of Days, 
took his seat. Who's the Ancient of Days? God the Father. Mm. The Ancient of Days, the Eternal One, took his seat. There were thrones placed. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Now, here we go. It's the famous one. Daniel seven thirteen through 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came up to the ancient of days. So wait, what do you got? Think about the scene now presented before you. You've got thrones and the Ancient of Days taking his seat. And now you have the Son of Man, a distinct person from the Ancient of Days in this text. It's in the text, who now comes up to the Ancient of Days and is presented before who? Himself? No, he's presented before him. Who? The Ancient of Days. And it says... And to him was given, who? The Son of Man. Dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. There's a distinction there in persons. Christ and his spirit is a part of God living in us. That's God's DNA living inside of us. What? The Spirit of God is God's DNA living in mm. us. It's an interesting way to describe that. The Spirit is that, like the Spirit is God's DNA. Now, if you mean the Spirit of God actually um, shares the nature of God, God is Spirit, and, and the Spirit of God dwells within the people of God. Well, yeah, God does dwell within His people. Yes, we do have the Holy Spirit as a deposit within us. And yes, the Spirit of God is it has the, the, the substance or nature of God. Yes, yes, yes. But if you mean the Spirit of God is, is DNA, God's DNA, well, no. The Spirit of God, according to Jesus, is a person. This is really, really important because, listen, who else makes this mistake? Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Jehovah's Witnesses make the same mistake about the Spirit of God. They call him a force, something like electricity. And when you address it with a Jehovah's Witness, you say, well, wait a minute now. The Spirit of God talks to people. He tells, where, he tells Paul where to go in the book of Acts, right? He's addressing people. The Spirit of God is carrying people along to write what they write. And according to Jesus, he's not the Spirit of God. Jesus says, John 14, read the text. He says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do all these things, okay? So it's really, really important. Uh, oftentimes, modalists will uh, get into a really, really crazy uh, description of the Spirit of God. Is the, term, is the term DNA in the Bible? I don't remember that one either. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult. So it's not by his, our power, our strength. It's by his power and strength. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Jesus said, I will send you. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Power and the strength. Power and strength. The Holy Spirit has power and strength. And the Holy Spirit is also a person, described as a person, speaks, has volition, has a will, 
Uh, and yeah, he's powerful. And he was mighty enough to give us God's word and carry holy men of God to actually speak what they spoke, to say what they said, and to write what they wrote about God. And Marcus, I hope you'll listen. A comforter. All right, now, I don't want to debate, you know, and, and, and I just want people to have the truth, man. And I am confident people can call me a false teacher. They can call me a false prophet. But all I'm, all I'm going to preach to you is the word of God in the Bible. And I challenge anyone, you know, who they say, hey, he's not of God. I know what I have with God. I know the relationship that I have uh, with God. I know the time. Now, isn't that exactly what he said about the Buddhists at the beginning? Mm. He said, uh, they, you know, these people have this, you know, it, it, they have this experience and they believe it all with all their heart. And, and that, you know, that doesn't matter because they're worshiping a false god. Well, Marcus Rogers, you've now, if we use your argument, refuted yourself. You're using arguments now for your own experience and mm-hmm. teaching that you just refuted with the Buddhists. Your experience says nothing about whether or not what you say is true. Jesus says, thy word is truth. Have you not read what was spoken to you by God, Jesus says, refers to the, to the reading of scripture as God actually speaking. Those are his words, right? We go to the word of God. What's the apostles formula? What do they say? They say, what does the scripture say? That's, that's what Jesus said. That's what the apostles said. They would always go to the word of God to say, what does God say? It's not based upon your personal experience and what you feel like you have with God. If what you say, Marcus, contradicts what Jesus said, then you, sir, are a false teacher. You are a false prophet, no matter how passionate you are. You are going to incur the judgment of God. Because, listen, this is no small thing to tell people things about Jesus that are in fact false is a devastating thing under the judgment of God for all eternity. You can't play with fire like this. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, he says that he's worried about the people in Corinth. Why? He says that he's worried that they'll be deceived by the craftiness of Satan and the simplicity and purity of devotion which is to Christ. And he says, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus, listen, other Jesuses is not a new thing for the church to have to handle. It's not a Marcus Rogers problem only. It's a Charles Taze Russell problem. It's a Judge Rutherford problem. It's a Mary Baker Eady problem. It is a Joseph Smith problem, a Brigham Young problem problem it goes through the ages it is an Arius of alexandria problem it is a problem we have dealt with from the beginning it is in the very pages of scripture men like marcus roger who distort the clear teaching of scripture about who jesus truly is to their own destruction and you know marcus i hope you hear this my friends i hope you do the bible says let not many of you be teachers for you will incur the stricter Judgment, what you say about God matters. And I hope that you reflect upon these things and you repent of this false teaching about Christ because you will meet him one day in judgment. And um, what you say about him matters. 
that I spend with God. You know, I feel like Elijah with the prophets of Baal, I will come to your church and you know, I will preach and, and I will show you that the spirit of God is living inside of me because I have no doubts. I spend time in my relationship with God. I spend time in the word of God and I just want people to have the truth. I just want people to be on fire for God. I just want people to be unashamed. I am unashamed. You feel like Elijah? Well, Elijah actually was a prophet sent by God that told the truth about God. And so the question of whether or not you're Elijah um, can be answered by whether or not what you say is consistent with what God says. Because what does God say about the test of a prophet, Marcus, uh, in his word? In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, he actually says that if a prophet comes, a dreamer of dreams, and he has signs, and he has wonders, right? It looks legit, man. These prophets, these dreamers of dreams, like they're so passionate, Marcus. They're so passionate. They have such a they have such an amazing preaching ministry. They look so legit, right? They're so zealous for the word of God. And God says what? He says, if they lead you after other gods, gods which you have not known, that's how you know. And Marcus, all of your zeal, all of your passion, all of your excitement, all of your motivation to, to say these things and to do these things cannot get around the simple fact that what you say about Jesus is in fact not true. And that is what you need to reflect upon, my friend. Shame for Jesus. I will stand on this street and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to this whole world. I'm going out to Chicago. I'm going out all across the states and I'm about to tell people Jesus is coming soon. It is time to repent. Man, I'm telling you, I'm fired up. I'm unashamed. And people wanted to know, hey, Aren't you worried about all these people, you know, who are accusing you of being a false prophet? I'm not worried because I know what I have with God. And the Bible says, you know, if they don't want to hear you, shake the dust off their feet. Uh, respectfully, you mean the dust off your, your feet? <laughs> you go around shaking the dust off their feet, you're going to be busy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a minor. They'll minor. think you're stealing tennis shoes. <laughs> That's a minor issue. But uh, here's the point. I, I only say that to point to the fact that I don't think that you're being very measured and careful, cautious in the things that you're saying. It's kind of a mess, Marcus. And uh, I would encourage you to think like that messiness uh, is dangerous. Don't be so messy. Be more cautious. Be more careful. Uh, be more precise. Pay more attention to details. Because again, when you say, I'm going out proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would ask you the question, which gospel mm-hmm. and which Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's a valid question because there are all kinds of Jesuses across the landscape today. You got the Jesus of the Rosicrucians, you got the Jesus of the Christian Scientists, the Jesus of the Mormons, the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Jesus of the Buddhists, the Jesus of the Muslims, you got the Jesus of the 21st century modern American liberal Christian. You got all kinds of Jesuses. Which one do you have? In which gospel are you preaching? Yeah. Because you know. In the Bible, New Testament, you have the apostles specifically addressing false gospels, false Christs. And you do need to ask the question about whether or not the one that you proclaim is, in fact, the true and living Christ. I don't know for sure which gospel he's preaching, but on his Instagram account, he's got a picture of the ark. that says, grace did not save Noah, obedience did. Yeah, I think that's actually a a popular meme that's kind of made the rounds. And how can they not? How can they come to the truth if God doesn't draw them? Hey, man, you guys be blessed in Jesus' name. I'm out here in Chicago. Friday, I'm going to go street preaching, and it's going to be amazing. Keep me in your prayers. Keep me lifted up. If you've got any more questions, you know, 
about the, uh, I'll leave you with this one little piece, even though I've said it in many videos before. All right, the Bible says to be baptized in the name, that's singular, not names, name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, all right? Marcus Rogers, I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a soldier, all right? But if I went to a bank and they asked me to sign a check in my name, I wouldn't sign father, I wouldn't sign son, I wouldn't sign soldier, I would sign my name Marcus Rogers. So when you get baptized, the name, singular, singular name, the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus because they are one. Well, that was interesting. Um, yeah. And unfortunately completely fallacious um if you read matthew 28 18 through 20 uh you see what jesus says there he says therefore he says um and talking about his authority he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go make disciples of all the nations baptizing them them plural persons baptizing them plural persons in the name singular of the and now you have three persons father son and holy spirit a distinction again made that marcus you are not making that there are three persons described there with a singular name and notice the very clear wording of scripture where jesus actually says baptizing them plural people in the name singular of the father son and holy spirit that doesn't mean uh, oh and that means jesus just Jesus. Do you see that? With the, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that means Jesus. What about the Father? What about the Holy Spirit? Because they're named there mm -hmm. too. And this goes to show your presuppositional commitments. You are committed to your particular heresy, and now you read the Bible in light of that heresy. Rather than drawing from the text what it actually says about God, you are reading into it your heresy at every turn and that is dangerous by the way uh what happened to jesus after matthew 28 what happened he said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit what happened he ascended where did he go he went up and what does Daniel 7 say? There are thrones with an ancient of days seated. And what does the Son of Man do in Daniel 7, 13 through 14? He comes up to mm -hmm. the ancient of days and is presented before him. And to him is given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the people's nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. That's what it says. Complete consistency there. Notice where Jesus went in Daniel 7, notice what he talks about in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You'll see that there is not a singular person there. There are persons, yet only one God. And if you think to yourself, that is just so incomprehensible. I just have such a hard time understanding that as a creature. I say, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, God is big and huge and beyond our ability to comprehend. But that doesn't mean that now we start taking what we think about God and distorting the word of God and squeezing our interpretation into the text at every turn. It's dangerous business. Pray about it. This takes a revelation from God to understand. I love you guys. Pray about it. It takes a revelation from God mm. to understand. Very what, subjective. You know, where have I heard that before? <laughs> I bet he had a burning in his bosom. I've heard that somewhere. You know, actually, I've heard it a bunch. And you know who else says that? The cults. They say that. You know what Mormons say? They say, take the Book of Mormon, 
pray about the Book of Mormon, you'll get a burning in your bosom. You need a revelation from God, a specific testimony from God, where God actually reaches into your life and he reveals the truth to you about Joseph Smith as a prophet of God and the Book of Mormon as the truth and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as the one true church. You know what um, religion does? Uh, Man-made religion, Marcus does? It does what you just did. It says, hey, if you want to know the truth about it, you need to have this private experience, this private experience with God, this private revelation from God. Here's the beauty of God's word is uh, it's not private. It's a global phenomenon. It is revelation that speaks from God in the heavens and in, in creation generally. And it was spoken specifically in God's son, whom he appointed as heir of all things. It is revelation from God that is broadcast throughout the earth. And here's the thing. I would encourage people, don't pray about it. Of course, seek God. Of course, ask him to guide you into all truth. But you know what you have? You have the word of God. You can go to the scriptures to test men like Marcus Rogers and me to see if what we're saying is so, if it's actually the truth of God. That has to be embraced. Because what does the Bible say about our hearts? Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can't trust your heart. What does the Bible say about our reasoning as fallen people? It says as fallen people, their thoughts become futile. Professing to be wise, Romans 1, they become fools. You can't trust your reasoning process as a fallen son or daughter of Adam. You got to go to the word of God to say, what does God actually say? It's the standard. Don't test what Marcus says by your experience and your private prayer between God where you say, I wonder if Marcus is a prophet. I wonder if he's a teacher from God. I wonder if it's true. Let me see if I can feel like I get a revelation from God. Here's the glory of God's word. We got it. We have a revelation from God. It is in history sitting right before us. Test men like Marcus with the word of God. Let's be blessed. I love Jesus, just like that motorcycle's roaring. I'm out here proclaiming the name of Jesus to the whole world, man. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I'm never discouraged, man. Stay in the fight. Stay. All right. So there's uh, Marcus Rogers. Special dedication to my brothers and sisters on the great continent of Africa. The saints in Malawi, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya. Zimbabwe. False teacher. You might be, you might be actually, um, like, wow. That was pretty serious business. Yeah. False teaching is serious. And when you have a man like this who pretends to operate from within the Christian church, he is all the more dangerous. You see, Islam doesn't pretend to be Christian. Islam uses the name of Jesus, mm. and then it distorts the meaning of who Jesus is and his person and nature. But Islam isn't pretending to be Christian. And so, of course, we want to reach out to them. Of course, we want to refute those errors. And we do. We speak out against them boldly and with respect and love to the, more, to the Muslim. But you see, when you have a man like this who's operating from, quote-unquote, within the Christian church, trying to appear to be Christian, false teachers like that have to be handled in a very direct way and refuted. Now, I pray, and I mean this with all my heart, that Marcus would come to a knowledge of the truth and he would repent 
Uh, but this stuff is dangerous stuff. Now, here's what I want to say to those of you guys that think, man, I, I, I don't really fully know how to explain the Trinity and to, to, uh, to, to talk about it, and I need to get firmed up on this. Well, brother and sister, yeah, get firmed up. Get, get into the Word of God on this. I would recommend a very, very good book. It's phenomenal. Uh, the Forgotten Trinity by Dr. James White is worth his weight in gold. Sell your shirt, sell your shoes and socks, and go buy that shirt, buy, buy that, uh, buy that book. And spend time in it, get to know it. I think I agree with what Dr. White says in the beginning of the book. He says, um, "I love the Trinity." A lot of Christians say things like, "I love eschatology," "I love worship," "I love this," "I love that," but we I don't always hear people saying, "I love the Trinity." And I think that uh, it'd be good if we did. So I love the Trinity. You should love the Trinity too. And uh, definitely get into the Word of God on this. Uh, here's a good point to make. Um, there is what I think the best debate on the Trinity in the history of the Christian church. And when I say that, I really, really mean it. The best debate in the history of the Christian church on the Trinity is with Dr. Michael Brown and Dr. James White against yeah. two guys that really are actually coming from the same kind yeah. of position as, yeah. as Marcus here. And let me tell you, it is, I think, three hours long. It is worth every minute of your time. If you have not seen it yet, I want to encourage you to run on over to YouTube, type in Dr. Michael Brown, Dr. James White, Trinity Debate, watch the entire thing, watch it with your kids, watch it with your children, watch it with your family, whatever. You guys got to watch that. Watch it with your church, watch it with your Bible study and small group. It is fascinating, amazing, and glorious. Uh, actually, and in that debate, I make a cameo, just saying best debate in the history of the Christian church and I got a chance to be on it cameo at the very face. end I got to ask a question at the very end in the Q&A and yes I do have it's babyface Durbin Durbin it's babyface Durbin uh, <laughs> so uh, it was years ago uh, kind of when we first started Apology at Church and uh, it's a great debate so I encourage you guys to take a look at it uh, anything else you want to say Joy want to add anything to the no talk about kitty cats nothing nothing okay <laughs> Uh, so uh, thank you for the NPR, Randy. Steady Randy. Pastor Luke, thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Wonderful show. You ready to get some food now? Uh-huh. He's like, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to just get some food. Okay. Jerry just showed up. Nostradamus is in the room right now on the couch. What's up? Hey, Gabe, thanks for being here today, man. You're not listening. He's got his headphones, headphones on. King Ginger, thank you, sir. Thank you. Anything you want to say? Leave with leave with everyone before uh, we take off for next week. Uh, I was I had to numb my I had to numb myself to you calling me a heretic so many times. Did you? Every time you said Marcus, you're a heretic. I was like single tear. I was like I was like I need to repent. Single tear. I should be in repentance. <laughs> I was gonna say Marcus lives in Marcus's hometown. He does. He's from Newport News. Oh. He's in the army, so he's probably based at Fort Eustis. So Fort Eustis. I agree. <laughs> It's <laughs> a great army joke. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> it's a great army joke. You're welcome. Wow. All right. Um, God bless you guys. We'll catch you guys next week. Don't forget to get all access. ApologiaRadio.com and get some of the great content coming. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Share this with somebody that you know. Don't forget to check out the new video with the Planned Parenthood supporter that I talked to. Sorry we didn't get to it today. Apologia Studios on YouTube. Catch you guys next week. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream. It's foul and deceitful. They're lying to people. Teaching that camel squeeze through the eye of a needle. Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. 
You can get us at apologiachurch.com. want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the Word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m. And that's Joy Tembe. Hey there. We are a family-integrated church, so we invite you to bring your whole family to worship with us. This is Luke Pearson, the ministry bear, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, we are now meeting at a new location and time, 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road and Tempe. We're meeting in the community center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at apologiachurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required. <laughs> Glory!